0: God's got great things in store for you. Amen. No matter what you've been through, no matter what's been going on, He's got great things. And uh, you're about to see Him, I think, begin to unfold, begin to happen in your life. Uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to see what God's doing. Let's lift this up. Danny Jones just, you know, shared a testimony of his daughter, Danny Jo. God knows where you are, man. She had a Young lady, 24 years old, horrible, horrible tumor attached to all of her organs and all kinds of things. But praise God, she's healthy, whole. Benign's a great word to hear when you're in those situations. And uh, they heard it, and God's, God's good. So continue to pray and trust God that He's going to take care of you, make a way for you. Amen. And that this confession that we say really is what we believe in our hearts. Amen. The Word of God is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Amen. You may be seated. God is good. He's doing great things. I'm excited about what's happening in your life. I'm excited what's happening around here. But as as your life goes, many times so goes all the stuff that happens around here. Because we're all in this together. We're all working together to see what God has for us and to do what God has called us to do. Uh, in this community and and around the world. And so uh, I believe really in the messages that God has been sharing and giving us, you know, over the last year and a half, two years or whatever, but especially over these last few months, I really feel like, you know, I I start seeing things come together. And uh, I'm a bits and pieces kind of person when I see stuff. Uh, I see stuff in bits and pieces. And I've shared this before. I see things in you know, I, I just God really speaks to me, I think, in movies and books and just different stuff, you know, songs and, and all these different different places, all these different medium, I begin to hear things and see things. And and you know, how many of you know sometimes when you hear stuff or God speaks to you or you see something, you know it's for you like right then that day and you're moving on. And then there's these other days where it's kinda like, Man, that's 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 pretty that's pretty good. I I I think that's for me. It's like Pastor Bill used to always say, I know, I think, I hope. You know, it's gone. And then there's those other things, and you think, well, God, if this is you, you got to put it on the shelf for a while, man, because I can't figure this out. I don't get it. I'm not sure how this all works together. And, you know, it's, it's been that, 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 that kind of season. And, and, and I believe, really, in our lives, we're, we're, we should be walking in, in, in all three of those places. I mean, you should, be, you should be in the midst of things that you know are gone right now today that you're following them, you're doing them, you're living them, you're speaking them, you're you're seeing God's hand move, you're going to be living in some places in faith in your life where you're kind of thinking, man, I I think this is God, I'm really preparing, I'm getting ready, I'm headed that direction, and then we should all have those things out there that say, "Oh, oh, oh, God, is that you? I hope so. You know, because those are the things that are going to happen next year. Those are the things that are going to happen in two years. Those are the things in your life today that you're experiencing, and you know they were God that five years ago you weren't sure. I mean, how many of you are seeing things in your life today that five years ago you were going like, I don't know, God? Are you I really? We'll talk about maybe a few of them as we go. But you know, I've been just sharing a little bit about the treasure and the field. And last year we talked, last week we talked about how much. And, uh, you know, we come to God sometimes with a, with a, a, a set amount, you know, like, like we do with giving sometimes. This is my tithe, this is my check, and this is what I brought. But, you know, what we want from God is his, his uncontained and immeasurable blessing. But what we have to give to God in return then is our uncontained and immeasurable self. And as we do pour that out, I believe he'll pour out his treasure in our life. His, his treasure that, that, that's immeasurable, His blessing in our life that's immeasurable, the more than enough, the John Ten Ten. 10, you know, the abundant life that He promises us and that He gives us. God's plan for your life and God's plan for my life is not just survival. It's a great TV show, you know, you can go watch Survivor all you want. And we all are survivors of something. I mean, I believe that you are surviving. There there is survival in, in, in who you are. There is survival in how you got here. There is survival in your story. See, there's survival in your testimony, the things that God has done. But I'm telling you, God's best for your life isn't just surviving your life. We don't train our young people to just survive. We train them to be champions and world changers. If you teach them to cope and to survive, they're going to be eaten up and they're going to spend the rest of their life living day by day, hand to mouth. That's not God's best for us. His word says, John 10, 10, he comes to give us an abundance, an abundant life he wants to pour out in, in our lives. So what we have to realize is, am I going to be a survivor or am I going to be a thriver? You know, are you going to thrive in the positions and the places where God puts you or are we just going to survive? Too many people are just trying to survive their children. You know, if I can just wait, you know, if these kids could just get to, 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 to school, if these kids school, if these kids could just get to, to middle school, you know, if these kids could just get to high school, if these kids could just get to college, I'll be okay. How many years is that? That's 12 years, 13 years, 14 for some of you. Just kidding. but look at it this way okay look at it this way think about if you have five kids that span these age groups or three kids that span these age groups think about if your first kid is 10 and your last kid is two and now begin to think that way if i can just make it until they because you're already thinking that way if you got one is 10 two and you got three in between you're already I mean, you're already trying to cope and survive but but <laughs> that is your world isn't it right yeah okay the guy's almost out. I mean, Liam's getting ready to be a kindergartner, and they go pop out a baby. This man, following Lori and Joe. Lori and Joe are going to be 74 when that kid graduates from my school. I don't know how old, really, but it's, she's brought life to all of us, though, so it's, it's good stuff. But think of it this way, okay, you, got, you got a kid that's 10, you got a kid that's 2, and now you're going to do that same kind of way of thinking that if I could just survive till these kids make it out of school, well, you've already been doing it for 5 years with the 10-year-old, and now you're going to wait for another 18 years for the 2-year-old to get to that point. You've just wasted or you've just put in your life 23 years of survival. And I understand diapers and school and lunches and things, there is some survival to it, but God didn't make you to just survive until your kids disappear. Because by then, you're going to be so tired, you won't want to thrive. (laughs) You're going to want to sit back and put your feet up and say, God, I'm I'm telling you, thrive in the midst of where you are today. Don't just survive. Don't just survive your job. Thrive in it. There's no reason why not. You're the only reason why you can't thrive in the place. Well, you don't know my boss. I don't care who your boss is. You work for God. Do you think he wants you to thrive? He says, do everything you do as unto the what? The Lord, thrive, smile. If they try to beat, let them try to beat the smile out of you. Huh? Let the world try to beat the faith out of you. Let the world try to, because the devil will. I mean, he wants to try to get all those things. He wants, to, he wants to arrest God's goodness in your life and hold it captive. But God has released that to us without measure. So now that when we go into this earth, we're able to thrive and not just survive. There's potential in the word of God, Right? There's great potential in this. How many of you, I mean, you believe there's power here? Amen. See, there's power in the, in, in, the, in the written word. There's power in the spoken word as God, God speaks to us and as, as he pours out his word into our life. There's power in that, right? I mean, there's potential there. Now, here's the thing that we have to realize. All of that potential has been given to who? Us. You as an individual. You have the the entire potential of the word of God, the things that it promises us, the things that it says we can do, the things that it says God will do in our lives, the things that he has spoken to in your quiet times and those worship times and in those intimate moments, those things that He's said to you, those things that you've heard and you know that's God, those, those are all things full of potential in your life. But then we have to make the choice, will I thrive in them or will I just survive? Because what many times we say is, I I know that's for me, and I will thrive one day, but I got to survive today. And I agree, you do have to survive, you have to live to fight another day, that's true. But if you're thriving, if your attitude is thriving, if, you're, if your attempt at living this life is to live it with all abandon, without abandon and live it to its fullest, you'll be thriving in your life and you won't worry about surviving. It's a whole different outlook. It's a whole different thought. And as I began this last year to read this this book, this Sun Stands Still book, and as I started to go through it, I, you know, I, I mean, it was for me. It's this is not, you know, we have some for sale. They're like ten bucks. That's that's pretty cheap. You can't beat ten bucks. They're in the bookstore back there. If you want to buy one after the service, you know, that's great. I'm going to share some things out of it over the next few months, you know, but I'm not going to read the or ne- next few weeks. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> next few weeks not going to be months there's not that much in there but uh, i mean there's good stuff but then we'd have to read it like page by page as we went but but let me just explain I mean, this is, this isn't a book that's going to teach you something you probably don't know but this is a book to encourage you to do something that you probably haven't been doing and those are great books if if you do it the Bible's a great book and it's full of great truth But the problem is many people in the body of Christ won't live it, so it's useless. Go off and read comic books. (laughs) Unless you put the the word that you read to practice in your life, it's going to be difficult for you to grow, and you become discouraged and all those things that we've been talking about. Last week I said there were like 12 families. There were seven families that followed this guy, Stephen Furtick, to North Carolina to start this church. At the writing of the book, there were 6,000 people. I think there are thousands more than that today. That book's about a year and a half old. But listen to the idea that goes along with this book. It's this idea that says we have to have audacious faith in the body of Christ. Many times we understand faith, we read about faith, we read the word, we understand that that God says to, to go out and make disciples and to do all these things. We understand that his word says he wants to bless us. We even many times as we mature in Christ, we understand that he has a plan for us. And that part of that plan, he unfolds today, but the rest of that plan, he unfolds tomorrow and next month and next year, and we're walking in everything that he asks us to do. But I think somewhere along the way, we have a tendency as human beings to put our reliance on God on a shelf that until I find some horrible situation like my kid being in the hospital because of a tumor, until I find a situation where I can't pay my bills anymore and I've lost my job, until I find a situation where my marriage is about to break down and things aren't going well, until my kids screw up, until my job's just messed up and I don't like my boss anymore, until the relationships are so, are so screwed up that we can't see a straight way out, then we go up and we decide, you know what, God, I'm going to start asking you for the impossible. See, this book says it's a sun standstill still prayer that says really, truly what happens when we dare to ask God for the impossible every day. What if it's, what if, what if it's true? <laughs> Do you believe that God does impossible things? Yes. Do we believe what it says in his word, that all things are possible with God? See, with man, it's, it, says, it even says with man, it's not, but with God, all things are possible. So do we believe that all? That means he is the God of the impossible. So what if we will, we will wake up each day, we begin to live our life and to ask God to do the impossible in our life? See, what, what would your life look like if everywhere you turned there was an impossibility, but God made it possible? What would your life look like if every time you went down the street, you began to see those things that you saw in your heart five years ago and that you determined that you were going to see the invisible? That, that regardless of what you could see with your natural eyes, you were going to see by faith the invisible things that God was promising you. What if we would take those things to heart? That God's not a man, that he should lie. That really, truly, we should believe. Not just, I'm not just talking about this thing that's covered in, in leather. So I'm not just talking about the words that are written in here in red. I'm talking about the things that the Holy Spirit has shared with you and talked with you. Those things that you have heard by the Spirit of God, those things that you have seen by the Spirit of God. That you would be like Joshua if you go and you turn in Genesis. And we'll talk a little bit about the book and a little bit about other things as well. But in Joshua in chapter 10, you know, it's the story of the sun stand still prayer. I just want to share this just real quick, just so we have an idea of what we're talking about. And then we're in between a rock and a hard place. And Joshua had made, you know, he'd, he'd, made, he'd made a deal, and, and some people were coming against the folks that he'd made a deal with, and uh, so he had to be a man of his word. How many times when you have to be a man of your word, you have to be a man of integrity, the enemy's coming against, you've got to stand up. How many of you know in this world today, it's real easy to find a technical loophole to get out of something? You know, he could have said these people lied to me. He could have said that this group, you know, came to me and misrepresented themselves and I got into a deal with them and I probably shouldn't have because they really misrepresented. But he said, you know what? My word's my word. So we're going to go to battle. And it says he came up upon all these folks and he started to go after them. And in verse eight, it says, and the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Now that's the word of the Lord. That's important and today we're going to talk about really truly what has God told you Because you can have some kind of crazy audacious faith about what God has told me But it's not necessarily what God has told you And I can tell you my dream. I can tell you my vision I can tell you what God shared with me and what he's he's asked me to do and shown me that I will do or whatever that is That's fantastic, but that doesn't mean that's you that God has a certain and specific plan and a certain and specific word for you. And we all face, the name of this message today is Facing the Impossible. We all face the impossible in our life somewhere. You may face a situation where you can't pay your bills next week. That's, imp- that's impossible with man, but with God it's what? Possible. That's a place where you can, you can release your audacious faith into the world. Not something that you dream up, not something that you thing up, but what God said about you. That's why we say stand on the word of God and what he says. God, I'm a tither, I'm a giver, I'm pouring it out to you with all of my heart. I am open before you today, God. I thank you that you will do the impossible in my life, that I will have the finances that will come from somewhere, the north, the south, the east, and the west, to pay these bills that, that have presented themselves. I may have made a mistake to get myself in debt, but God, I'm telling you right now, I repent before you, and I'm going to go forward in you, and I believe that you are going to make a way for me today that I will be able to pay these things, and that we call the finances in In Jesus' name, because I stand on your word and I'm a tither and I'm a giver and I know your word says that you will open up a window of heaven and pour out a blessing that I cannot contain because I tithe and I give the way you've asked me to do it. And then you can go out and you can go forward in faith knowing that he is a man of his word. And just like the song we sang earlier, he's faithful. He's faithful. And he hears his word right here. And Joshua says, Therefore came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. So the Lord routed them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon. He chased them along the road that goes to Beth Horon. He struck them down as far as Azekah and and Makeda. But if you keep going here, it says that God began to do some things. And it happened as they fled before Israel and were on the descent of Beth Horan that the Lord cast down huge hailstones from heaven. Not only was Joshua fighting on his own, now God is in cahoots with him. (laughs) See, God is performing his word. He's showing himself faithful to a young man who went out. It starts with the Lord was fighting and did all these things. So it was the Lord working through Joshua. But then the Lord says, you know what? I'm not just going to work through you. I'm going to work with you. See, I'm not just going to work through you in your giving. Now I'm going to start working with you. Now we're going to start multiplying the giving. Why is that? So God can multiply the blessing in your life. You know, now there's opportunity for him to start pouring it out in your life, too. That's why it says, you know, and men shall give. See, God blesses, God takes care of you, and he pours it out. He meets all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. But he says in Luke 6, 38, and men will give unto you. Well, what does that mean? God's going to start pouring it out himself through other people to you. That's good stuff. And it says God started throwing down hailstones. God started doing stuff. There were more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel. (laughs) Then Joshua spoke to the Lord, because when this moment happened, and this is kind of the gist of the prayer that he talks about in this particular book, the gist is that the sun was about to go down, and when it got dark, all these people were going to flee. And so he had what he calls and considers audacious faith. He had faith to say I mean, how many of us would literally look at the sun and say, you know what? Stand still. Not so that I can see more glory. Not so that I can get more wealth. Not so that I can have more things. Not so that my family can be the blessed family on the block. Not so that we can have everything that God... No, no, no. This is so God can accomplish what he told me to do. And in that moment, the sun started to come down. And he spoke to the sun... To stand still. And if you read this particular passage, he says, he said to the sun, sun stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley. And it says in verse 13, so the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. But then if you go down to verse 14, it says, and there has been no day like that before it or after it, that the Lord heeded the voice of a man. Now, you know, and if I took a poll and said, does God answer prayer, you'd say yes. But when you speak according to the word of God, you're holding him accountable to what he told you. And he turned around and he spoke to the son. He needed something to happen. He needed something to change. He needed the impossible to become possible so that he could finish and complete what God told him to finish and complete. And so we t- now think about that. If in your life, the impossible situations that you face, you know, the scriptures, you know, the things that God's told you, you know, the stuff that you've written in your journal, you know, the message that you heard last week or last month, or, you know, what Joyce Meyer said that one time and it shot you like lightning. I mean, you know what those things are now as we go forward in Christ, are we calling and commanding the goodness and the fullness of who God is into this earth so that we can accomplish what he called us to accomplish. Well, I haven't seen it yet. Well, who cares? you got to do it like you haven't seen it. you got to see the invisible before it becomes visible. you got to believe the impossible before it becomes possible. you got to do it when it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It wasn't like he looked at his watch and he said, hey, you know what? For two hours, the sun hasn't moved. Maybe we could get a couple more from God. It wasn't like that. The sun was going. He said the sun was getting ready to head that direction, and he could tell it was not going to be what God said it was going to be. And in your life, you may be saying, well, it hadn't been what I think God told me it was going to be. Well, it ain't over yet. It's not over. Let's get, the, get, get that. Auda- auda- the word audacity, if you look at it, means boldness or daring, especially with confident dis... Now, listen to this. We all want to be bold and daring. <laughs> we live in a world today with Facebook and Twitter and everything else where everybody just says, yeah, I just tell like it is. <laughs> look out. <laughs> you know i mean <laughs> if it's not <laughs> well that's true i'm gonna tell it like it is be led by the spirit <laughs> or you're gonna get slapped around <laughs> so we all we all want to we all want to be that why because that's pride that feels better anyway <laughs> it's not part of the message it's not even in the book so as you go down it says boldness or daring especially with confident disregard for personal safety or convenient thought. See, the first thing that comes to our mind is, yeah, that could never happen. I could never say to the sun, stand still, stay in the sky, hold out this day so that I can accomplish and finish what you called me to accomplish. God, bring in the finances into my life and into my business so that I can do the things that you called me to do. See, I, I, I you know, I, I just, I, I, I'm believing God for more than enough an increase an abundance, an income in our lives so that we can do all God wants us to do, sure. Not so we can get a new car or anything else, but you know what? I believe that just gives us another opportunity to give and to not have to worry about her working anymore. God, pull it in. Pull it in. I know that's your will. I know that's your direction. I know that's where we're headed and what we're doing. And if this is the time in which you want to do it, sir, we are open to your abundance flowing, not just into us for this, but through us because we want to see this. We want to be a part of what you're doing. God's not intimidated by your long-shot prayers. He's not. The problem is we don't, we don't actually pray long-shot prayers. How, how many times do we pray for the impossible? Not beg, cry, and, and, and sniffle. Oh, God, we're going to die without you. <laughs> not that. Although I'm telling you, you know, you find yourself in those spots and places, I guess, every now and then. I'm glad we turn to God. But how different would it be if we lived our life commanding the blessings of God everywhere that we go? Commanding the kingdom of God, the treasure to be open to us because, Father, we have bought the field and we are into what you're doing and what you're saying. See, will we dare to believe? Will we dare to ask God for the impossible? See, based on the word of God, based on the word of the Lord, in his word and what he's spoken to you in your life, you can shamelessly ask God to exceed your expectations. Because in Ephesians 3.20, it says he'll do above all you can ask or think. But it's according to the what? The word. Not according to what you think you need to do this thing that you think you need to do, but to do the thing that God called you to do and be the person that he called you to be. How many of you are in a place where God's put you and he's positioned you and every day you wake up, you need wisdom? (laughs) God, pour out your wisdom. That could be a sun stand still prayer in your life. God, I need wisdom. When you deal with young people and you deal with teenagers and you deal with young people like your wife, you've got to have wisdom every day. You've got to wake up and say, God, I'm telling you what, I need some finances, sure, I need some health, sure, but I need wisdom more than anything because I'm making decisions and I'm doing things that are affecting the lives of young people, that are affecting generations. And if you don't give me wisdom today, I I need your son to stand still over my office so that I can have the wisdom that I need to deal with each situation the way that you call me to deal with it. Let's open yourself up to a new idea and a new thought. Ignorance and inexperience are not valid excuses for not seeing the impossible. See, if you break a law, you can't really say, Oh, I didn't know it. <laughs> you're still going to jail. Right? If you break a law and you think, Well, I wasn't smart enough to get away with it, that doesn't matter. You're still going to go to jail. That happens ignorance and inexperience those those aren't reasons why why we can say you know what I'm just going to sit here and live an impossible an impossible life just surviving until tomorrow that's not God's best not God's best for you for me for any of us if you look in Proverbs 29:18 it says this and this is important and I shared about this in October somewhere on a Wednesday night about vision And before we begin and begin to talk about, you know, saying maybe a sun stand still prayer, writing something that goes along with the vision of the things that God's put in your heart, you've got to have a vision and something that God's put in your heart. It doesn't work without that. I'm telling you, you you, you can't begin to stand on the person next to you's vision. You can't begin to, to proclaim the person that, that you know it work's vision. You can't begin to believe that God will do in your life what he did in Joyce Meyer's life or Joel Osteen's life because that's the vision that God has for them. Are the truths in the word, the things that God did that line up with his word, true for each one of us? Yes, he's no respecter of persons and his word is true. But I tell you this, you can't believe that you're going to be Joyce Meyer in this world because she's Joyce Meyer. You have to believe to be Sandy Marshall. You have to believe to be Todd Marshall. You have to begin to believe and know and understand what that is in your life. Otherwise, you become a survivor. That you have a direction and you have a, a place to go. And as we talk about this, we're going we're to we're we're get real. We're going to talk about, okay, then, you know, in the next couple of weeks, well, what happens when I pray for Aunt Susie and I believe that's God's will to heal her and she dies? You know, I mean where where does that leave us? You can't stop believing for the impossible. Don't stop believing for the impossible because something that you believed for and prayed for didn't happen. That'll leave you discouraged, disappointed. That'll be like somebody burning your crops in your field. In Proverbs twenty nine, eighteen it says, Where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. If you don't have vision for your life, if you don't have some direction you're going, if you're not sure what God is speaking to and what he's showing you, and you say, I'm just trying to make it to tomorrow because my bills are due. Well, there is vision for that. There is truth for that. That's not God's best for you. See, this just isn't about what you're going to do the rest of your life. This is what God would have you to do and to stand on and to speak for tomorrow. That's why I say there's different, there's different sets and there's different scenarios. And you have this idea of what God's speaking to you five years down the road, but those aren't the only visions that you've got written down. What are we going to do about next week and the bills that we have to pay, God? I am telling you right now, you've called me. I'm doing what you asked me to do. I need you to show up. What do I do about my health? Because the doctor just gave me a horrible diagnosis. I'm not worried about next month, next year, ten years from now, writing something down. I need to know what you want me to do tomorrow. Begin to grab a hold of the word that says you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. Begin to take the word that he speaks to you and he shows you. Begin to stand on it. Begin to believe it. Begin to proclaim it that you'll live a long life and you won't die. Begin to proclaim that. You'll begin to hear and not go deaf. You'll begin to see and not go blind. Oh, that's pretty out there. Yeah, it's audacious. But it says that Jesus came into this world so that we could hear and not be deaf. And so we could see and not be blind. So that we could be healed and not be sick. So that we could be set free and not held captive. It says in the word, that's what he came here to do. And are you a child of God? Yep. So then all those things. See, all of those. Boy, that's pretty out. Uh, What if it doesn't happen? Well, there you go. You just went from audacious faith to disbelief. And what happened last week when we talked about disbelief? Jesus could do no mighty works in that place because of their disbelief. If you go down, go down swinging. You know me. I was young. I was little when I started fighting. I just kept fighting. I swung first and swung last. I had to be on the offensive and the defensive at the same time. I was little and there were big. I mean, I, I just, I just, I just started swinging. Whoever was in the way was going to get going to get hit, get drugged down, get something. But I, I'm go, I'm going. If I'm going out, I'm going out with everything I got. Why would you get whooped and then go home? And this is what a lot of people do, right? Yeah. Well, if I wanted to. <laughs> so hold on. You wanted to get your face all bloody. You oh oh okay. You wanted to get kicked in the gut till you threw up. Oh, I get it. No, you didn't. <laughs> See, if you're going to go down, go down fighting. If I took a lick, I took a lick. I'll tell you this. Let me just tell you this real true, okay? I've only been hit once. Don't come up and hit me later. Just cause, Andy. (laughs) I only got hit once, and I was so busy dishing it out, I didn't even realize I got hit. If you will be on offensive, you don't have to worry about being Defensive. Being the offensive with the enemy and, you know, see, I'm telling you, if you will live not to survive but to thrive, you won't have to worry about survive. It's true. Plus, they all think you're crazy and they'll leave you alone. I mean, if you have that hockey mentality that says, I'm going to drop the gloves at any minute, you know, and just start going, have you ever watched Sports Center? Hockey's not about a puck and sticks. It's about people just pummeling each other until they bleed all over the ice. I'll have to be careful the Canadians are coming next service. They love hockey. None of us understand it, but, you know, they all get it. But to us, it just looks like a giant boxing match on ice, which is more entertaining because then they're going to fall down all the time because they can't stay up. But, but I'm telling you, but if you'll go on the offensive with the enemy and begin to speak the truth in the Word, but you got to have something to speak. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the what? The Word. So take that word, take that thing that God's given you and begin to speak it, begin to proclaim it and you begin to see it in your life. I gave these five things. And I think they're on your list there. Did they pass out little papers? Yeah. Isn't that nice of me? Don't get used to that. I just felt bad because some of this is in the book and I didn't want you not to have it. I gave these five keys last year in October and I would give them to you again today. Matthew seven says, Ask, seek, and knock, and he'll open up the door, he'll begin to speak to you, begin to show you. Because a lot of people say, I don't know what God's telling me to do. I don't hear God's voice, I'm not sure. Open up your eyes, begin to look. He's not gonna talk to you like this. (laughs) Todd, love your wife. It's not gonna go like that. See? Very rarely have I heard that. Okay? It's not gonna but do love your wife. Even after the things you told us the other night about her. <laughs> you got to come to these, um, these events. If you're in these age groups, you got to come. You do not want to miss. You'll find out stuff about people that will just knock you out. <laughs> See? But God's going to begin to show you things as you begin to ask questions. You're going to be, this says, right, I mean, these are my five things. I don't know where I got them or where I heard them. I think God told them to me. Meet with him regularly in a special place. Look for him to speak in dreams and visions. Open up your eyes. If it sparks something in your spirit, if that feels right, senses right, there's something on the inside you say, that's for me. Write it down. Oh, I'll never forget that. Yes, you will. Next week you'll be eating potato chips and cookies and you'll be so, you'll be like, I don't even remember what God said. But these cookies are good. You can tell me about the best cookie you've ever eaten, but you can't tell me half of what God said. Why? I didn't write it down. I didn't think I'd ever forget. Listen for the word of the Lord. Keep your journal and wait. It'll surely come. Three things. Seize God's vision, activate your faith, and make a move. You can write the vision. Writing the vision is the beginning of seeing it come to pass. If you don't sit down and you begin to write those things down, you'll never see them come to pass. Oh, yes, I will, God said. No, you won't because you're not believing it. Putting your pencil to paper and pushing that thing across the page. I'm telling you what, it makes you shake sometimes, and you don't even want to write it because sometimes it's so big and it's so audacious you think, holy cow, are you kidding me? Push the pencil across the paper. If God's speaking it to you, you're going to see that happen in your life. May not be tomorrow, maybe next month, but I'm telling you what, you're going to see it happen in your life as you continue to go after it. Put them down there. Those big, hairy, audacious goals. Right? Writing the vision is like putting glasses on the invisible. See, so you'll never you'll never see the impossible change until you're able to see the invisible. But if you begin to write the vision down in your journal, you begin to write the vision down on those tablets and make it plain like it says in habakkuk 2 i'm telling you what you're putting glasses on the invisible and now it's becoming clear you may not see it with your natural eyes today but you can see it with your with your with your faith eyes can't you close your eyes you begin to see it begin to see what god told you in those moments in worship when you raise your hands and your eyes are closed and all of a sudden the tears start to come what is that god's revealing that thing to you he's encouraging you he's showing you And and really what happens many times is we take those tears that are joy and encouragement and and the anointing of God and we begin to think, well, why isn't it now? We've turned it to sorrow. And we've turned it to survive. And you'll never thrive until you can get rid of that mentality. I don't care if you have to do what you're doing today for the rest of your life. You better be freaking happy about it. Can I say that? Okay. I won't say it much. It's just snuck out, man. But it was a good, I mean, at least that was the right one. It could have been something else years ago. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just telling you, until you put a smile on your face and go out there and thrive, until you, until you can get your, your, I'm telling you, until you can get your confession, not this, God, I know you're going to make me this someday. Nope. The confession is, God, I think that you've made me who I am today. And that someday, sure, I might become that, but I think that you make me the best of what I am today as i grow into all that you have for me not god i hope i can hang on for the next 2 years or the next 6 months or the next 3 months till my kids graduate or my job changes or something happens because if i can just hang on till that long then i'll be happy god and i'll become what you want me to be get your eye off the prize get your eye on the giver of the prize it's a different it's a different conversation that you have and I'll tell you this, we all share two traits. Writing the vision's a must, I mean, you gotta. We can't go on, really, in this conversation until we go home and we begin to say, okay, God, what do you have for me? Maybe you've written those things down for, for next month, next year, I mean, whatever. Put them dates, do all those kind of things. Dan used to have a faith collage. I, you know, just pictures of things that God was putting in his heart that he felt God was asking him to believe, and he would cut them out of magazines like a 13-year-old girl, and he would post them on, <laughs> on poster board. But man, let it be done to me as a 13-year-old girl because he saw those things happen. And he's driving that car for free. I mean, not for free, but he paid cash for the car that he was driving that was on that picture. So I guess some of us got to be 13-year-old girls in this whole thing. Go out and get you some teen magazine or whatever and cut them up. <coughs> That's right in the vision. That's right in the vision. Sometimes you just got to, you mean, what do we say? man? you put, you begin to put glasses on the invisible, you begin to see it. Now there's pictures of it. I got to get my picture of my car back out I used to have one at school used to put it up there let me tell you we all share a couple traits though the first thing is we're all pretty ordinary I don't care how special you think you are it hurts you like it hurts me you're very special we're all very special God has great things for us. He's very individualistic. He knows who you are, where you are, what you're doing. He has a plan that's tailored for you, your giftings, and your talents. But let me realize, this is what we all say. It's just me. What can I possibly do? Right? I mean, Moses killed a guy. Right? I mean, the 12 tribes of Israel were brothers that came from all these different mothers. You want to talk about brother from another mother? I mean, it was going on. The Bible's boring. No, man, you couldn't even put that on TV, (laughs) what was going on at that time. Huh? I mean, they're all, he's shagging up with all these people. I mean, it's like, holy, what? Why, you know, come on. (laughs) I'm just telling you. Don't tell me you're all jacked up and you can't do nothing. These guys were sleeping with everybody. (laughs) It's true. Saul Saul persecuted the church. He was was putting people in jail and killing Christians. Yet God used him to change the course of history. Most of the stuff you read in the scriptures you're trying to quote and the things you're trying to live in your life, he wrote. Don't tell me you're too bad. You've made too many mistakes. Don't tell me you're too ordinary. Moses, it says, was tending sheep standing out there just kind of minding his own business. Back. Back Now come on. Now is that survival or what?? Birch yeah. <clears throat> gets on fire. Ooh. That's interesting. I'll drop my stick Right? Who wants ordinary? Some of you have been asking, God, burn up a bush. And he said, you're standing in the middle of a forest fire. I can't burn nothing else. Right? Take off your shoes. Get close. Listen up. Receive your assignment. Whatever that is. You know, God has done some great things in this church. I mean, you can't go back and begin to number them. You can't be back and make a little list of them. I mean, you, 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 just, you, you miss them. You miss them all. Lives of people. I mean, this is just, God's has just done great things. But, you know, when you begin to think about things over the last five or six years, you think about the Sudan and what God has done there and how he's used us. What are we? Uh, We're ordinary folks, right? But we serve an extraordinary God. I mean, I don't know about you, but has anybody, you know, not made a mistake? (laughs) In the last four or five years, we've made some mistakes. We've messed up. We're all alike in that. But thank God we had somebody who stood by the burning bush and said, God, I'll take off my shoes. I'll get close to you, and I'll receive your assignment. You know the price you have to pay to do something like that. But what about the reward in buying the field? See, what about the treasure in buying the field? What about saying, okay, God? I mean, Pastor Bill said, all right, I'll do it. You know, he said, "Uh, I'll see the invisible. I mean, did you have a lunch with Bill? Did you hear a message that he preached? You know, in any of that time? All he talked about were things that hadn't happened. All he talked about were things you couldn't put your hand on. All he talked about were stuff that was what? was going to come to pass. This was going to happen. This is what God's going to do. This is what I believe the Lord's telling us. This is what I believe God's showing us. This is the direction. I've And and you begin to hear that. You begin to see that. And it begins to draw on the hand of God. And that's beginning to have somebody who'll stand up and say, this is what God told me. This is what God showed me, regardless of what I see on the left, regardless of what I see on the right, regardless of what is happening here, regardless of what is happening there. It doesn't matter to me. What matters is what did God say. What did God speak? Did He tell me I was going to take care of all that I was going to annihilate? We were going to annihilate all the people who were in front of us, not in the Sudan, but in Joshua. He said, you're going to annihilate all those people that not one would get away from you. Not one. And he said, okay, God, I will take you at your what? I'll take you at your word. I'll listen to what you're saying. I'll, I'm, go- I'm going to, you know what? It's going south for me. It's not going to work right. I'm not seeing it happen. God, you said you would make it happen. And he asked for this. It's pieces. It's parts. This just didn't all happen. It's not even finished yet We're just moving into phase two three four whatever that might be that god has for us in that particular place I'm telling you we're not done You're not done This is pieces and parts and god will give you pieces and he'll give you parts I was sharing with mike lamana one day who started really in this church as one cantankerous son of a gun So there's hope for all of you I love mike he's fantastic But he just came as a helper with Gloria and and Thelma. He was just going to, I just want to be involved. Where can I help? Why don't you go get involved in the prison ministry? I just want to be a helper. All right, go be a helper. Now that things have changed, and many of you know his story and what's going on, I'm telling you. I said, Mike, what do you think? He said, if God would have told me this back then, I wouldn't have done it. See we're looking for too many burning bushes in our life Just do what he burned today Just do what he said today Just call on him for what he promised you today Just pull on from him your manna for today And then trust him that he will take care of Like it says in Matthew, tomorrow And if we'll pull on the hem of his garment like that If we'll dare to believe that he is the God of the impossible if we'll dare to believe that He is the God who makes the sun stand still so we can accomplish His will in your life, if we will dare to do that, you will begin to see all of the miracles that God has promised you in your life. All, we're we're in a miracle time. You can stand up today, I'm telling you.